0: Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher. And you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack, go.
1: What the hell's going on out here? Everybody's grabbing out there. Nobody's
0: Rogers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in? in the end zone, it is
1: for the win. Welcome to episode 111 of the Average Cheese Podcast. It's the Todd and Dale version of the Average Cheese. No Peter. Peter, hope you're feeling well. Uh, a lot of stuff going on over in your household. So we'll see you again in episode 112. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at r Management. Thanks to Dwight at DDGCustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. Todd, it's good to see you. Happy Tuesday. How are you? I've been better. <laughs> coming off a of Packer loss.
0: Yeah. And the season has ended. Here we are. What season are the, ending episode.
1: Well, you know it won't be the season finale because we'll do some no, things. We'll do coming, yeah, But we'll the Packers season is over. Yes. You know, I can't listen to sports radio locally after a Packer loss and even worse after this loss because the takes, even from the radio guys, but more so from the people that call in. It's like, come on. You can't really think that, right? Like this isn't fantasy football. You know, there's other factors other than you're going to get to pick new guys next year. It doesn't work that way in the NFL. Too painful. It was. I was really hard to live with at school on Monday. I was crabby. It really makes me crabby. It affects me more than it probably should. But whatever. On a positive note, Damar Hamlin is out of the hospital I saw, which is absolutely spectacular and bizarre at the same time.
0: Yeah. I mean, what a remarkable recovery. recovery. I mean, holy mackerel. Who could have scripted that? I mean, man, so good to see. And then the Bills. With the opening kickoff, kickoff for a I mean, touchdown—that was nuts. That was bananas. Super awesome. And did you know that it was three months and three days since they had their last kickoff return?
1: No. Yeah, that's yeah. that's so, awesome. Yeah, that's karma, yeah. right? That's some higher power doing something.
0: Yeah, it was three months and three days since the, to the day that the Bills had a kickoff return.
1: I saw the Packers uh, outline the three on the on Lambeau Field, like on the thirty yard line in blue. Yeah, the whole NFL. Oh, it was the whole NFL. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah the whole that was NFL. cool. And to finish that off, his charity is now over eight million dollars. So <sighs> good on everybody. That yeah, you know that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, unreal. Todd, here we go. You know, this is the Peter side of things that we have to then try our best at. I'll start with you, Red Dunn. Red Dunn. We're just gonna read it yeah. <laughs> right from the website. <laughs> this is awesome. So Red Dunn is from Milwaukee.
0: Start there. He's a Homer, Wonder pretty, where he which lives. is cool.
1: In nineteen, 19- he was born in nineteen oh one. And the college rolling. was Marquette,
0: which is doesn't
1: right have a football alley. team anymore. Marquette, doesn't but he even played have on before. it,
0: and he also four time letter uh, on the basketball team at Marquette, which is a pretty
1: amazing. To play two college sports is impossible today, but even back then, that's an amazing athlete. And he wasn't like 6'4", 6'5". I know that you know guys have gotten a lot bigger since then, but he was like 5'11", played varsity basketball at Marquette, played varsity football at Marquette. He is, and I know I'm starting off with stuff that probably should come later in the bio of Red Dunn, but he was a four-time NFL champion. There's only a couple guys in NFL history that have done that. Bradshaw in Montana. Bart Starr and Tom Brady, the only guys to have won four or more NFL titles. And not only
0: was he a quarterback, but he he had nineteen picks. Quarterback. Now, when it says it says in inducted in seventy six, does that mean Packers Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Quarterback, and we talked about this on a previous show where quarterback necessarily didn't mean he was the guy throwing the football because they all threw the football from the backfield <coughs> at that time, but he played quarterback. He ran the football, he played punter, and he kicked field goals Jesus. for the Packers. He was like the Swiss Army knife of the nineteen late 1920s and early 30s Packers. Imagine that today. I mean, you've you've talked about Danny White and his punting and quarterbacking for yeah. the Cowboys back in the late 70s, early 80s. I can't think of another guy who does two of anything, right? I mean, not regularly. Not
0: currently. Not current day, no. I don't think so.
1: No, I mean punting and kicking are two completely different skills, right? Like they're they're different now for the way guys kick field goals.
0: It says here too. He he returned two hundred and nine punts.
1: And they didn't have oxygen back in that day, right? So what are they? No,
0: God, God forbid guy- a fucking helmet. <laughs> I mean, his picture is his picture is without a goddamn helmet, That's right? right? I mean minimal padding. I I don't he's not even wearing shoulder pads.
1: It's basically rugby
0: back then. Yeah. Right. I think he might have had the the old school leather cap or whatever the hell that was. But right.
1: So he wouldn't get cut up.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of talent.
1: It is a lot of talent. The last thing I'm gonna say, and I think this is spectacular. So he retired following the 1931 season. So they won an NFL title in 29 and 30. The Packers did. He retired after 31 to become the freshman football coach at Marquette university.
0: That's uh, nuts.
1: He's like, ah, fuck this thing. I don't want to play football no more. I'm going to go coach it.
0: Go back to Marquette. Cause I'm a legend. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah. he was a
1: freshman football coach, not even the varsity. So you just won a bunch of NFL titles and they're like, Oh yeah, you'd be a great freshman football coach. Right. And he took the job. Imagine that today.
0: Oh, right. He was the freshman football coach. I yeah.
1: Imagine like Aaron Rodgers going back to coach freshman football at, at wherever. College. Yeah. Wherever the, Yeah, exactly. Butte College.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this dude's going to make the all Wisconsin team when we roll it out. He's got to be in there.
1: Yes. More. I mean, I, so so Tony Romo is now the backup, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: He's now found the bench. Red Dunn. Red Dunn. But Red Dunn could have been like all over the field. We could have put him as like six different positions, according to Packers.com. True. True. He's the quarterback, though. Yeah. Packer Hall of Famer. Let's move on. So episode 111, Joseph Aloysius Red Dunn. Thanks for helping me with that because <laughs> yeah. this is not our segment. It was a history lesson for myself. So Absolutely. Peter just rattles that shit off. He never even reads it. No. Not us. Amateurs. All right, let's move on to the slices. Your son beat me in the average, or not the average cheese, in our ESPN league. Yep. Yep. He was up by 30. I think he won by 32 or something like that. So I didn't even make up ground this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
0: Congratulations to Erickson. He did it. The funny thing is, he helps me with my team. Like, he tells me, (laughs) hey, you got to... You know, yeah, I didn't help him with his team. I don't set his lineup or any of that stuff. So. Did he tell
1: you what I told him to do? Yeah. Oh, were messaging? Yeah. Okay. So. I told him the way, depending on how the game went, before you put Gary on the back of the Matthews jersey.
0: Yep. yep.
1: I didn't want it to be like one child after that. Yeah. Murder your son. <laughs> Not now, son. No. We are on our way here to watch the game. Anyway, yep. he was a very good sport. Didn't even, you know, give me crap for whooping the in. In the final. In the average cheese pick'em, congrats, Do Your Rant. Do Your Rant ends up on top of the average cheese pick'em. He was up there all year. You know, him and Peter and DM Reese were all up there at the top. And Do Your Rant is our champion. Do Your Rant. If you want another T-shirt, let me know. If you got someone in your family that wants that T-shirt, I will absolutely send it up to you in the UP. Send me a direct message on Twitter, and we'll make that happen. That's the deal when you win it. No money. You just get an amazing T-shirt. All right, let's move on. Coaching openings. I want to talk real briefly about this. Four openings or five openings right now Cardinals, Texans, yep. Broncos, Panthers, Colts. You're out there. Todd Widener is out there as a coaching candidate. Which job do you take of the five? Because <laughs> you got to take the job now, right? You can't wait till they draft somebody, which kind of sucks yeah. for the co- coach coming in. Yeah. Those are some bad jobs, but go ahead. You want to pick one? I mean, you
0: got to think all five of those are going to be in the top 10 picks, right?
1: I don't know as far as the Broncos the order. go because they had to give up stuff oh, for sure, Wilson.
0: Yeah. That's probably one situation I would stay away from. The, um, the Texans, I would definitely stay away from. Panthers, Cardinals, Colts. I, I think I'd probably go with the Colts. Okay. But I think they're obviously going to – I think they're. I think they're number three overall.
1: Will they finally draft a quarterback? Instead oh, yeah. Of taking some geriatric retreat. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah.
0: The uh, GM was on ESPN a little bit ago and was talking. They were asking him, like, you know, if there's a quarterback in this draft that you really are interested in, would you even move up from three to go do it? And he's like, fuck yeah. So they're all in. They're going all in. Poor Jeff Saturday kind of took over the job midway and now he's got to re interview for the job.
1: But he didn't do shit, so he 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 should have to read. Yeah,
0: it'd probably be a different conversation if he, yeah, like they ran things around. But I don't think he made a big impact. But who knows? I mean, the 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 team was already shit when he got there, so it's that's a pretty tough position to be put into.
1: The Colts have the fourth pick. The Bears first pick. Texans, Cardinals, Colts, Seahawks from the Broncos at five. Lions six. Raiders 7, Falcons 8. The Eagles have the 10th pick in the fucking draft. They might Wait. win a Super Bowl and then have the 10th pick in the draft. Jeez. I would agree with you. I think the Colts, because they have a decent defense, Jonathan Taylor. Like, I think that is – I would absolutely not take the Broncos' job. I don't know what you have in Russell Wilson, and you are married to that motherfucker for a couple of years. Like, you just stuck that's, with that That's dude. a train wreck for a while. Hmm. Or Nathaniel Hackett, but maybe it's – Maybe it's a good thing that he got out of there. He'll find a job for sure. I mean, the Texans are a sort of a, because they've been a bad franchise, you'd think they'd have more talent on that team. They don't have a quarterback like Davis Mills is meh. So maybe they're drafting a quarterback. If you go to Arizona, you're stuck with Kyler Murray. I don't have a whole lot of love for Kyler Murray. I think the quarterback position is too important, and they just put a boatload of money into a guy that I don't think he's ever going to do anything. This is from our friend Chris in Milwaukee. I need to read this. Brett Favre's final six passes as a Packer, he went 2-for-6 for for 12 yards, including a season-ending game-sealing interception at Lambeau. We all remember it. Aaron Rodgers' final six passes this year, he went 2-for-6 for for 12 yards, including a game-sealing... Game ending interception at Lambeau Field. As fate would have it, Brett's final game, the wind was blowing at 12 miles an hour. Aaron Rodgers' last game this year, the wind was blowing at four miles an hour. I don't know what all to say about that. <laughs> That's a lot of
0: like uh, crazy numbers.
1: Thank you, Chris, for all those facts. We love when we have facts on our show, and there's the facts for the day. All right, let's move on to this season ending game. Against Detroit,
0: a lot of disappointment, obviously, I did not watch a lot of Lions games this year because I did not think they were as good as what I saw them as how I saw them play. They're a lot better squad than what I anticipated. I was kind of shocked I mean defensively, they were on top of every single play there was very few plays where there was any running room, whether that was a completed pass or a run or whatever I mean they were all over the place and they just both both sides of the line of scrimmage they annihilated the packers yeah annihilated and that was really the difference in the entire game dan campbell looked like confident and like yep we're here to fucking smash you into the ground we know you're not we're not getting into the playoffs and fuck you anyway
1: yeah that's what they did they they beat up the packers Yeah. The one thing I'll say before we get on to the good, bad, and the ugly, their interior defensive line was way better than I expected it to be. Who the fuck is Bugs or whatever? I had never heard that guy's name ever. If you watch just the snaps,
0: just the offensive snaps when Rodgers is back in the shotgun, I mean, it's almost immediate Mm -hmm. that they're in his face.
1: Now, the the Lions were one in six. And ended up nine and eight. So this wasn't a, t- a normal Lions team, no. right? Like they were all. I mean, they played yeah. that one bad game against the Panthers, but I mean, they were what eight and two in their last ten. That's a better football team than we've seen. And Jared Goff played
0: well, even he even though he touched. was like off. I, th- I thought he was off in this in this game. Like there was a ton of throws at people's ankles and stuff, but like he did enough.
1: Yeah, he won the game. He made the passes when he had to. You keep any quarterback in the league clean, and they're going to be better, right? He didn't get touched. All right, let's get on good, bad, and the ugly. Offensively, they scored 16 points.
0: What was good to you? Statistically, Watson, I felt like he was out there trying to make a difference, for sure. He looked a little bit more seasoned, rightfully so. I mean, he's in his 17th game, even though he was hurt a bunch. But he had those big plays. That one catch he caught on the sideline and he was completely interfered with, still came down with it. That was, that was a nice catch. So he's, he's coming along and proving that. Thank, thankfully proving me wrong. And you know, he, he's proving that he's, he's capable of being in this offense and being in this organization as kind of like a go-to guy. So, he's the
1: one, right? He's wide receiver yeah. one for sure. Going into next season. I would think so. I'm putting you on the spot here. Would you now knowing what you know, Draft him over Chris Olave, because that was your guy, right? Chris Olave yeah. was your guy. He's got bigger upside, don't you think? And Chris Olave,
0: yeah, I mean, Chris Olave kind of didn't really get a, a great opportunity to down there. To say, That's fair to really showcase anything. I mean, that, that was kind of a just a broken year all around. But
1: they're different guys, right?
0: They are. I mean, they, the, the skill sets, the size, this, you know, all those things. Knowing what I know now. In the beginning of the year, I would have said, oh, fuck no, we should have kept. We should have went after Alave." But sure, he's turned it around. Remember the early Devonte days? Oh, yes, or I did. Now he was behind Nelson Jones, and Jones, Cobb, and right? Cobb and like you know, so he wasn't. He wasn't a number one receiver, but the, he went through some, a few years there where there were some big drops by Devontae, and mm-hmm. he turned that around. Right. So maybe this is the same situation for Christian Watson.
1: Fingers crossed, man. I yes. hope so. I was really stretching for off good offensive stuff. I put down that the Packers had over a hundred yards combined rushing, but that's nonsense, really. That's just me trying to make up shit, to be honest. Yeah, I saw that and I was like. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Christian Watson had two, you know, there were carries from Watson and from Rogers. I didn't realize this, but Aaron Jones had 12 carries for 48 yards. That's not terrible, right? I mean, four yards a carry you can live with all day long. And it wasn't like he had a long of 50. I think his long was like 16 or 17 yards. Beating a dead horse. Why the Packers don't run the football more. I don't know. I mean, they ended up with time possession on their side again. Wow. The
0: the offensive line was not able to... You couldn't run in between the tackles. You couldn't run. There was no chance. Yeah, you couldn't run even outside. They tried their little lip plays and end-arounds, and those were unsuccessful, so...
1: Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of good. There just wasn't. Rodgers wasn't great. I will say this, though. So I know that I've beat up on Aaron Rodgers on this show and on Twitter. There are things that make me very, very angry about Aaron Rodgers. But I would just go to this, the throw he made to Romeo Dobbs. Oh God. That Dobbs didn't catch. Nobody throws that ball. That was, that, if, if yeah. Romeo Dobbs would have been wearing a fucking hoodie, it would have went into the hoodie pocket. Yeah. The defensive back had zero idea where the ball was. If oh, Romeo no. Dobbs catches that ball, it was, I mean, that was the most elite throw I've seen Aaron Rodgers make in many years. That was a perfect pass. It was so perfect that Romeo Dobbs couldn't catch it. Like he didn't know where the ball was because it was in that tight of a window. That was a spectacular throw. It's
0: almost like if you took a bunch of MIT people and like programmed a machine to throw a ball at the speed that that receiver was going to land. Like it was that Precise millimeters. I'm not we'll about this when it. we get to Dobbs, but I, I, I wonder if Dobbs. I think he didn't see that him. ball. Like it, I think it surprised. It, even though it hit him in the fucking hands, he was like, "Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dumbass. It's in your
1: fucking hands." <laughs> I oh. have to put that in the good because I was just flabbergasted at that throw. That, that was sick. Who else does that? No. Yeah, maybe that Mahomes. Maybe. You could see his reaction after he threw it, too, and Dobson St. Kelly was just like, what the fuck can I do, right? Well, you know, What else can I do? Unbelievable. That's it for the good. They scored 16 yeah. points against the Lions. They scored 25 points in two games total against the Lions. I mean, had a pretty good defense in this game, but still they're way at the bottom of the list as far as defenses go. Like two
0: touchdowns in two games, I think. All right, let's get on to the bat. Where do you want to start? Should we keep going on Dobbs? Sure. That wasn't his only drop. No, it wasn't. Mm. The other one was a, a quick slant from the right side. That was for, a, I believe it was third and seven. And he dropped that right at the fucking marker. And that was a, handed to him in a basket. He's not reliable.
1: Not yet. I think he is upside. And I think that in the long term... Romeo Dobbs is going to be a good fourth-round pick for the Packers. Today, I don't know if
0: it was the bright lights of the big game or the cold or, or what. I don't know. He was inside his own head in this game.
1: Alan Lazard had a big drop, like an easy catchable ball. Yeah. There was not a guy grabbing at his arms or grabbing at his hands. He just simply dropped it. Yeah. A.J. And you Gillen don't see had that. another drop. Oh, yeah. God.
0: You don't see the, the Lazard drops too often. No.
1: In a big game, the Packers seem to make a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Those drops were drive killers. And if one of those drives goes for a touchdown, the game is different. Completely. Those were all drive killers. Did you see the comparison between the last interception and the same play in the 49er game? No. It is the exact play. Same play. Lazard coming across the middle, open again. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Like, could, couldn't you at least call a different fucking play? I mean, it's the exact <laughs> same play. I have tried to be really understanding of A.J. Dillon. I've, I've hoped he was going to become a dynamic guy, a great player. The la- That play, I don't Which know one? what the fuck he thought he was doing in pass blocking there. Yeah. He blocked no one. He was on the right side of Aaron Rodgers. He ran to the left side of Aaron Rodgers, and the guy stunted into the spot where he was standing to get in Rodgers' face. AJ yeah. Dillon, he is a bulldozer type guy, right? Yeah. But for fuck's sake, then he can't be out there on an obvious passing down. At least Aaron Jones will stick his nose in there. Yeah. And be in the right place. AJ Dillon wrecked that play almost single-handedly.
0: Earlier this afternoon, when I was going through the PFF stuff, I was looking at the. Uh, it was the pass blocking r- grades, and you can see. The look at AJ Dillon. Grades. I know. I, I, I didn't even look at him. I was just going down the column to see who is like in the fucking red, and I think he's under ten.
1: Five. But there he go There. He Five point four. The pass blocking in this game. And I pulled it up. Bakhtiari <laughs> was great. Yeah. Bakhtiari was 80.2 PFF grades. And we don't usually do this, but I think there's, there's a reason for it. Josh Myers, pass blocking, 71.6. So not terrible, right? Starting center. Elton yeah. Jenkins, 50. Now we go get much lower. Elton Jenkins, 57.4. Zach Tom, 45.6. John Runyon, 39.7 for a pass blocking grade. And Yash Nyman, who has been very good at pass blocking, 32.8 in this game.
0: He was, why, why did he start? Because why?
1: he started a lot of games. He's been good. In fact, I saw but, some statistic where he was one of the best tackles in the game this year. He pass blocking.
0: was terrible in this game. It's so terrible. Packers, he got fucking benched. benched. What you know fuck? you're
1: bad when the fucking Packers decide to bench you in the middle of a game. I think it was the
0: second quarter he was
1: benched. They were like, "Fuck you, Nyman. You gotta go for the rookie, yeah. Zach Tom, who was then marginally better."
0: Maybe they move. I, I don't know. Runyon's that porous. Then maybe Zach Tom. I mean, they got to figure out Zach the whole Zach Tom thing. He's yeah. not a tackle because he, he didn't play that much better. I mean, he kind not of sewed it up a little bit, but mm-hmm. he he's not a tackle he's too to small. Me.
1: He's either going to have is. to put on a ton of weight and then hopefully keep that athleticism. That's so what did, then what
0: about. do you do? You know, you, you, you got to move him inside. So maybe he takes over for Runyon or maybe he goes to center like he normally played,
1: but that, then you got to draft a, a, a tackle. I got to go through this, too, and I know we don't normally do this, but this is how bad it was, run blocking, pass blocking, and everything. I have in front of me the run blocking grades against Detroit. Ugh. Yash Nyman, 33.7. He had an all-around bad game. Couldn't pass block, couldn't run block. He was the worst run blocking packer on Sunday. David Bakhtiari, marginally better at 41.4. So these, these are the worst two run blockers in the game. Josh Myers was third worst, and Elton Jenkins was fourth worst. Four of your five linemen were, were god-awful run blocking, like none of them could run block in this game. It really set, goes to what you said in the opening where the defensive line of the Lions and the offensive line of the Lions controlled this game. Yep. It's that simple.
0: And you can throw Degora. What was Degora's blocking grades? Man, was he fucking
1: terrible! Well, according to PFF, he was sixty-six point five. Him and Tyler Davis were the. Ellen Lazard was the best yeah, but, blocker in this game. Okay, but it doesn't count if you whiff, right? <laughs> I
0: don't. Know. So, if you don't make contact, then you don't get a. Do you st- get a? Statistic. Do you do not
1: get any? I don't know. I don't know, but there was
0: at least, I know two for sure, two for sure, where he blew his assignment. I I don't see his value anymore. I really don't. I mean, that position is, to me, there's athletes out there, whether it's in the draft or on practice squads or whatever, who can fulfill that position if that's the scheme that the Packers want to continue with. But he shouldn't be a part of that equation anymore.
1: He's horrible. I can't disagree with that. I am all for wiping the entire slate clean on the tight end room. Oh, yeah. Let them all go. Yeah, Bobby Bobby Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, Tyler Davis, Josiah DeGoro, bye. bye. Yep. Yeah.
0: See you. Although with Mercedes over. Lewis, you almost have to have him. Because he's on the his-
1: only one that can block. Yeah. Maybe just as an inline blocker. At the veteran, I don't know. That's something we could talk about down the road. And we will, of course. It was just a bad game offensively. The ugly, there was so much ugly. (laughs) We are both huge fans of Aaron Jones, both of us. The fumble last year against San Francisco was a killer. Yep. And this fumble in this time, at that time of the game, was an absolute game killer. I think it It was the deciding factor in this game. Because the Packers go up 16 3 or whatever in this game. I don't think they relinquish that lead. I think they play with confidence. They can take a little bit more chances. They could do things that the Lions have to then throw the ball more. Like, I I think if they would have gone up big. It
0: was the only drive, it was the only series, right, where it looked like they were getting their momentum going and it looked like a legitimate drive. They like they had it going for it to end like that and with your boy Tanyan. Missing a block. Played up. by that uh, Detroit I don't know who it was. It was a lineman.
1: Wasn't it, it McNeil? Wasn't it Ali McNeil? He, how did he have the presence to go after Tanyan? Because and if, not the if,
0: Tanyan, right, if Tanyan right. If Tanyan touches the ball.
1: After going out of bounds. After going out of bounds. It's Packerball. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he smashed the fuck out of him. Yes, so he couldn't do that. That was a because you know that the 350 pound lineman trying to pick up that ball going out of bounds isn't going to recover it cleanly enough for the Lions to recover, and then he takes it out of bounds. That's Packer ball, right? Yes, that was a really smart play by. I think he's a second first second year player. I think McNeil is. Yeah, really smart. You could play. tell
0: too, like he wasn't going after the ball necessarily. No. He wanted to get Tanyan removed. Yep. And he did. Like, and he did. That was a game changer. It really, it really did. It really changed the the entire uh, tone of the game. How about the red zone offense, which is a problem all year. I mean, that very first drive, they're biting off a couple chunks here. They had a decent pass to Christian Watson. They throw a, a you know a, the bomb down to Lazard, get the P.I. I'm immediately thinking... With how this has gone this year, I'm like, they're not going to punch it in. That was my immediate thought. I'm like, they can't punch this in.
1: It has to be the assumption. Right. Right.
0: What's And here we go again, right? Jones left tackle. Nothing. Take him out. Put in Dylan. Dylan right tackle. Nothing. Shotgun. Aaron Rodgers. Scramble. Has to throw it out the back of the end zone. I don't remember what happened after that. I was seeing red. Like, I couldn't do it. And field goal. You come out with a field goal. I put it all on the floor. It just seems like that in itself, like that section of the field and that, you know, that game scenario of being in the red zone is like its own script, right? You you have to be creative down there. You've got to get creative and have something out of the ordinary, right? Something that you, or, or something that is just your go-to that you can get anytime you want.
1: That's what I was going to say. But the Packers' go-to on the goal line is to go in the shotgun and hand it off. That's their go-to. And it never works. How many times did they do that in 17 games? Probably 45 times that they did that exact same play, which never, ever works. Why yeah. are we doing that? That was one of the bads we didn't talk about on offense. It's just the, the play calling. It's the same plays. And I get it that yeah. you have the same plays, but it you got to switch it up once in a while. Like you just said, you got to be a little bit creative. Try something different once in a while because that shotgun handoff to Dylan and Jones clearly didn't work. Well, did you see during the game, there was another fourth down,
0: and I think the Packers were on like the 40-something or whatever of Detroit. And you see Lafleur asking Rodgers, punt, punt. Like you see him. You, You can lip read him. He's saying punt, punt. Like asking him what to do. What? What are we going to do? You shouldn't be asking him what. To There's do. There's
1: no question mark. Punt! Exclamation point! And
0: instead, they kicked. The, I think they went for the long Crosby field goal that he bounced off the fucking bar. But the floor is asking him, "Punt! Punt!" And I'm like, "Are you the head coach? Talk about the play calling." That brings up a big question mark. Who's that originating from? Right? I've already
1: said that. I think Aaron Is Rogers, Rogers
0: just place? executing all of these plays that aren't the right call?
1: I or think it's he... Aaron's show. I, I've said that many times on our podcast. I think Aaron calls the plays. I well, mean, LeFleur the puts, sends them in, but then Rodgers yeah. does whatever. Well, what's the point?
0: What's the point of being
1: a head coach? I don't know. Let's move on to the defense. I also did... I did defend, by the way... Uh, Matt Lafleur, because a lot of people are calling for his firing. It's like, dude, no. that ain't happening. All right, let's move on to the defense. Now, again, the Packers gave up 20 in this game. This what is a bad know? defense. I didn't oh. feel like it was a bad defense on Sunday. Go yeah. ahead. What, what did they do well? Let's do the good, bad, and the ugly. This is how we do the show. Might as well keep doing it. The same. Um,
0: good on defense? Um, hmm, I can't think of anything. I'll be dead honest, either going through players or plays or anything. but Right, they they didn't
1: do a lot. I mean, only amongst, good Ross that... St. Brown did not go off in this game. Jamal Williams did not go off in this game. Like, there was no Justin Jefferson torching the Packers for 195 well, Williams yards.
0: had well, – I forget what he had.
1: Well, Jamison Williams had that long catch. Oh, Jameson Williams.
0: I, I thought you meant uh... –
1: no, I'm well, talking about Jamal Williams. He had an okay game, but he I and mean, he had a couple of touchdowns, but the one like you showed us showed me on uh, before the podcast started, you and I oh, could yeah. have
0: walked through that hole. So I guess the only good was that Jair Alexander was on the field because they never threw in his direction. That's an easy scheme, right? For a team like the the lions you got jair alexander on one side you don't really have any receivers who can in my opinion match up with him
1: i mean they they move the football enough to win the game i am not trying to defend anybody they didn't lose this game because of the defense i don't think i think they lost this game because they couldn't score enough points they couldn't keep the football moving did they play well on defense not really they didn't lose because of that yeah I don't know what to say about Devondre Campbell. I mean, he was spectacular last year. Yeah. I mean, he was the answer. And, and I mean, he had seven tackles in this game, but I cannot think of a play in this game where Devondre Campbell stuck out and was like, wow, that was a really nice play by Devondre Campbell. Like, he did X. I can't think of one. There's something up with him. I'm ready to move on from him. Because they have the younger version of him, right? Quay who, Walker. who we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, we're going to talk about <laughs> Quay Walker for sure. I mean, but you have the same guys, and you've said this. Like, I mean, I hate to keep saying the same thing over and over again, but Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker are guys sideline to sideline guys. They are long, cover tight ends out of the backfield type guys. That's fine. But when you got two guys that are exactly the same, you can't yeah. – Defend the run. We've talked about this ad nauseum. They're not moving on from him. I get that why you would want to. or but you, I would or definitely want to. There's no answer. Chris Barnes isn't the answer. Chris Barnes Dude. came in after Quay Walker left. He didn't do jack shit. He's, he he's was, not athletically. And neither is
0: McDuffie.
1: No, McDuffie is, is a backup player, right? right. He's, he's going to play like his hair is on fire, but he's not big enough to play linebacker in the NFL long term. He just so. isn't. That isn't happening. Packers' defensive line got no pressure. The offensive line of the Lions Nothing. dominated this game.
0: Nothing. I mean, Goff was could have stood back there and sold magazines. I don't know. Yeah. He that had was...
1: time. They didn't gain pressure on him. They barely had any quarterback hits. They had the one sack, but they didn't pressure the quarterback. I don't even remember that. Yeah, Devontae Wyatt had a sack in this game. That's, oh, that's right. God, there's so many things to say about this game that were just so frustrating. And I know it's an even numbered year, so Preston Smith is going to suck in an even number of years. He's done it his entire career. Right.
0: He was nowhere to be found in this game. No, nowhere. Pull up his shit. His statistics
1: for yeah. the game. Yeah, it was an it ugly. I ugly bet. Scene. I bet he didn't register a tackle. He was, as we say. Invisible, he was. I'm ready to move on from him too. There's a lot of things we need to talk about, and it, one of them is those kind of guys. I mean, JJ and Kinsley and In- Agbaje. I think he said it on the thing, and I really wanted to listen to it. I have to listen to it again on how he says his name. But he didn't have any pressure either. He didn't but but he's the rookie, right? Like Preston Smith is the veteran. He's the guy you expect to make plays. In a a big game like this, absolutely didn't happen. And you're paying that man to make plays in big games. The only positive would be to keep him around for for 2023. See if he comes around again. See if he comes back around (laughs) to the guy that he has been in odd-numbered years. But I don't know. It's so sickening to talk about this. This is going to be the episode where nobody listens, right? They're like, we don't want to hear this shit anymore. Yes, it sucked. It was completely... Garbage. Preston Smith had one solo tackle. You're right. You know who else had one tackle? Alan Lazard. So Preston Smith and Alan Lazard both mm. had one tackle in this game. Special teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Razul. So let's let's make sure that. And I put this on Twitter too. Razul Douglas did not get a penalty for grabbing the football. Right, And his explanation was, I'm not letting this motherfucker get a practice shot after he missed the last kick that he had. Okay, Razul, that's actually kind of smart thinking on your part. We're not going to let this guy get a practice shot from the same distance. Cool. But then to, to turn around and push it, now he was the second guy. The guy, the Lions lineman pushed Razul and Razul pushed him back. And that's where the penalty came from, pushing the guy's face mask.
0: Absolute fucking idiot huge penalty well it was it was a long 40 48 maybe it was around 48 Mm -hmm. yeah you made a real you just moved it to a chip shot you idiot yep not even an extra point at that what a moron that was one of the dumbest and most odd fucking plays I've ever seen I've never seen a player walk down the line of scrimmage and take the ball out of the center's hands what was he doing
1: he, I, I he get said his he wasn't explanation. Gonna... Yeah, but that's really but, bizarre.
0: Okay. But look what it caused, you moron. God. He's another one I'm ready to move <laughs> Everyone I mentioned, I want to move on from. You
1: want a whole new team? You want a fancy football? I,
0: Razul Douglas, gone. Devondre Campbell. Preston Smith, gone. Uh-huh. Devondre Campbell, gone. Talk Darnell Savage, gone. Adrian Amos, <laughs> gone. Whole Who new else? defensive team next year. We're, well, all, let's, we're let's almost do, a quay walker. So
1: we were almost a quay walker. So hang on, folks. Let's finish the special teams. Keyshawn Nixon didn't break a big one. We needed him to, right? Like, but yep. you can't expect that from a, a guy every week.
0: Dude, no one blocked. They were all there was like two, three guys smashing Tackling him. every time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And he still averaged 20 yards per kick return, even though the blocking was absolutely terrible for him. Yeah. Now If you keep running the same plays, just like we talked about on offense, if you keep running the same blocking scheme, guys, watch that tape. Yeah. If you're a special teams coach, how many kickoffs do you have to watch for a game? Five? There isn't many. Punt return? You know what I mean? Like there isn't a whole lot of tape to watch. So yeah, I don't know, but he got mangled. O'Donnell had one punt, you know, really didn't mean anything in this game. I am with you that they should move on from him. Not that he's terrible, I mean, he was great at holding the football, and and Mason Crosby was better because of it. But you do need a punter to average 45 yards per kick, not 40. And Money Mason Crosby, who has probably played his last game as a Packer. I would think. Really close from 53. I mean, he doinked it again. You're asking that guy, move the fucking ball so you don't have a 38-year-old kicker trying a 53-yard field goal in the cold. And wind. Yes. So stupid. I mean, he needed what? Another half yard. And that's a good kick. Yep. So I don't blame Mason Crosby for that. That's a long kick in bad conditions. But that was just a testament to how just nothing was going. Nothing went right. Nothing was working. Nothing was going
0: our way. Just...
1: I still think the Packers could beat the 49ers next week. I think they have the capability of doing so. Mm-hmm. This is a team that was up and down, never played to its capabilities, it didn't in this game. It shortened our season. I still believe in the Packers as an organization. I believe they could have done something in the playoffs as bad as they played in this football game. I know. LaFour basically said there aren't going to be any changes on the coaching staff. Huh? When did he say that? his Presser. What? He does not foresee any coaching changes. He does not foresee. Well. And that's why people want him fired, right? Because he can't make the tough decisions. I think it goes back to what you said before with Aaron Rodgers. I worry about that with Matt LaFleur, that he cannot be the hammer when he needs to be the hammer.
0: He's not the coach that's going to get in guys' faces. Never. You're not their buddy. You're Thank not the you. coach buddy. It seems like he's more of a buddy. There's a difference between being a player's coach. Player's coach means that players respect you. And when you say something, they fall in line. Because they respect you. A buddy is like your friend. I don't want him to leave as a head coach, but I think he has a, he needs to mature as a head coach in that area. You got to stop being a buddy. But don't be afraid to jump in someone's fucking
1: ass. Right. You can't be Mike Zimmer. Right. You can't be an ass clown all the fucking time where everybody that plays for you hates your guts. But you also can't be what you just said. You also can't be like, I just want to make be everybody's friend. I don't want to be the hammer. I don't want to ever drop the hammer on anybody. Now, he did yell at Quay Walker, and we'll get to that in a minute. But he yelled at him from fucking 45 yards away. Right. Pull that motherfucker off the field and then get in his face. That's what we want. That's what we're talking about, Matt. Start listening to the Average Cheese. If you need to call me, I'll tell you what I think. Todd will tell you what we think. You know, DM us. We'll yep. be here for you. We'll take care of you. We'll get you up to speed. I mean, I'm only five foot four, but I will get in Mercedes Lewis's face after I get up on a fucking ladder to get there. I will yell at <laughs> Mercedes Lewis, <laughs> and they're all gigantic humans. But you have to have some of that. You can't can't always be that guy, but you have to sometimes be that guy, and you have to pick the right yep. spots. That's part of the, being a head coach in uniform. All right. Andy Herman put this on Twitter that the mystique of playing at Lambeau is officially over. I didn't know he did that. I wrote that. I know you did. But Andy Herman put it on Twitter and I responded, Michael Vick killed that 20 years ago. There is no Lambeau mystique. They keep coming up with it. It's a cool thing to say when it's cold at Lambeau and the Packers are good. Doesn't affect games anymore. No. One, Packer fans are old as fuck. They're our age, right? If you can afford season tickets at Lambeau, you've probably been sitting on the season ticket waiting list for 25, 30 years, which makes you 45, 50, 60 years old. Yep. Tickets have also become so expensive that selling them for big games like this will pay for your ticket package. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there are a lot of Lions fans in the stands because I can sell my tickets for a grand and pay for like four games that I had to pay for this season. Right. I'm not saying that's the right thing, but I do understand it. And the Packers aren't a cold weather football team when they can't smash mouth, run the football and they have never been that team in our lifetimes. No. So I'm sorry. I just stole that whole thing from you, but I agree with you. There is no mystique. There's
0: always the big buildup with you know, all the different networks about oh, they have to go to the frozen tundra and play against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and like all this stuff. And I'm like, over the course of the past several years with the loss last year to the Niners and gosh, you remember the one to the Giants?
1: Yeah, that Brett Favre pass. Yeah. Yes. I mean teams believe they can go into Lambeau and win.
0: Yeah, there is no more. Like that whole I think there was at one time, there was a distinct advantage where we had racked up, I don't remember, a significant winning percentage, especially when the cold weather hit over the past couple seasons. And then this game, this game was the actual end of that. It is over. That is completely over. Not to say that it could revitalize itself at at a, a future date, Maybe, sure, but it's going to take a lot of time. But that whole, oh, the frozen tundra and having to go play in Green Bay and all that, mm, don't
1: matter anymore. That was Matt LaFleur's first loss in December or January in his career in the regular season. All right, and finally, episode 111 is going to end with the Quay Walker debate. Oh. I will let you start because we, isn't you the, and I, I are on different debate? sides of Quay Walker. I think we are. Maybe not. We'll see go ahead first let's talk about the
0: his ejection i almost called this on the last episode when we were talking about him i was like is this a thing or not he was already up to at least i I believe at least three on sportsman likes
1: this was his second Uh, ejection
0: right second ejection what in the fuck was he doing now the player on the ground was deandre swift a georgia player former teammate
1: Oh, I didn't even put that in. The, thank you.
0: Continue. Yeah. That That's really a good point. So I thought that's his guy. They're former teammates. That's his boy on the ground showing some concern. And then as one of the Detroit Lion trainers needs to attend to him and lightly, they need space to attend to this man on the ground. Quay Walker decides to shove him. Then Wyatt comes walking across. Bumps into him. Bumps into his ass. What in the fuck? Now, Wyatt was there for the same reason, right? All Georgia guys, your guys down. I get it. I have (laughs) not, on the list of things I have never fucking seen before that have occurred this season, that's going to rank up as number fucking one. What the fuck was he doing? And did you see (laughs) the video of the tunnel shot of him going up the tunnel? Like a fucking four-year-old crying, it looked like somebody stole his fucking toy on the playground. I was floored by that. You are not a fucking man enough. Yes, you fucked up. Get your ass to the locker room. But to be kind of stomping your feet and crying? Holy smokes. There are some fucking issues with this guy. And it's all led up to this. It's all led up to this. There's some issues with this guy. I don't know what they're gonna do about it. I don't know if there's a something going on in his personal life. But holy shit, that was disturbing to see in the tunnel. A grown man who plays linebacker in the NFL, who is six foot fucking four, two hundred and fifty fucking pounds,
1: acting like a fucking four year old. I'm speechless, and I just went through ten quarters. Here are my thoughts on it. First of all, that was absolutely bizarre. This is the second time Quay Walker has put his hands on someone not involved in the football game. And I don't even know how to react to that. The first time, it was that t- the tight end who was hurt, and I thought that guy jacked him. It turned out that it hadn't. So that was it's almost the same scenario. Right. This one just happened on the field, and it happened right after the trainers in Buffalo did an amazing job of keeping a man alive. So not only did Quay Walker do this and it was fucking stupid, but the timing of it is so incredibly bad. And then Devonte Wyatt was wo- almost worse. Devonte Wyatt yeah. was almost worse going up and nudging that dude. Like, what in the fuck is that? What are you doing? You had nothing to do with that. At least the guy put his hand on Quay Walker. He didn't do anything to Devontae Wyatt, nothing except try to help the guy. I do worry about Quay Walker and his stability to play football at this level. Absolutely. I hope that that what you saw and what everybody saw on his way to the locker room was his anger at himself for being kicked out of a huge game. I don't know that that's what it was. I was... Also, like, holy shit, he is unstable emotionally. Thank God there's no fucking buddy around him right now. I hope that he goes to himself. And this is that moment in his career where he's like, I just let an entire roster of guys down. That's what I hope he was angry about.
0: I hope so, too. I worry about his mental health after watching that. It's almost like he just slipped into some type of childhood trauma. I don't know.
1: I hope it wasn't. I think this is a real tipping point in Quay Walker's career. I hate to say that. As a rookie, this is going to, I don't know what the word is, mold him. Not that ain't in. I don't know what the word is. This is going to send him in one direction or the other in his career, I think.
0: And you could say what you want about him leading the the t- Packers in tackles. I'd love to know the the data of those tackles that were within five yards of the line of scrimmage. I would say less than half, easily. When you're making tackles 8, 10, 12, 15 yards down the field, right? That's where a lot of his tackles end up. Was it an in, in impactful play? Was it an impactful tackle? So say what you want about his Leading the Packers in and tack- in tackles, but I think it's bullshit. Let me ask you this question If you are Guten Krauss and LaFleur and you're talking after the game, specifically about Quay Walker, your number one pick in the draft, he's had two ejections, four unsportsmanlike conducts that I know of off the top of my head. Didn't play that well, in my opinion. Is it enough? Did he seal his fate? It- would you move on from him? I know that they won't because of his draft status, right? They just can't. But if I'm one of those guys,
1: Guten Krauss or, or Lafleur, to me, it's on the table. I think that the Packers have seen enough of him athletically where are, there's no way. And, and again, like you just said, he's a first-round pick. He has never been glaringly, obviously, bad. I know we beat up on Amari Rodgers, but Amari Rodgers they held on to, and he was never good He never flashed, this is why we drafted him, ever. Right. There were plays that Quay Walker made three weeks ago where you're like, that's the guy they drafted. That's why they drafted him, and now we're starting to see it. Now, was he consistent this year? No. Did he consistently make big plays? No. But you saw enough flashes of him where I think they, they have to take a chance. Playing linebacker in this league, you have to be a little bit off. You can't be all the way off.
0: He's got that
1: covered. He does have that covered. And I'm not trying to make fun of him, but I'm just saying, like, you have to be able to stick your face in there and be nasty and and all those things. You have to be able to control it. And I don't know that he is emotionally ready to control himself in that way. You got to play on the edge of that crazy, not over the edge of that crazy. And that's what I worry about with Quay Walker, but there's absolutely no way I get rid of him. He is potentially too valuable to this Packer team, especially if Devondre Campbell isn't the guy you thought he was going to be. I do think, though, if I'm Guten Krauss or I'm Matt Lafleur and I'm sitting there having this meeting, I say to myself, I need a different type of linebacker to play with those guys. Yeah. Whether it be Devondre Campbell or Quay Walker, I can't have the same fucking guy out there inspecting them to do what they That's why I think
0: can't do. I question his upside quite honestly. Now, I mean, from an organizational standpoint and the fact that he was a number one pick, you're kind of stuck with him. You know, at the beginning of the season, we thought that he and Devondre Campbell would compliment each other. And we just thought, oh God, this is going to be a freak show when these these two pair up. Didn't happen. And we saw right away that neither one of them are good at stopping the run. That leaves you with, you can't move on from Quay Walker. You have Devondre Campbell, who had a uh, not-so-great year. They, they're stuck to get with Devondre some... Campbell for a couple you of years. You have to get someone who does compliment Quay Walker. So maybe it is Chris Barnes isn't going to do it. McDuffie's not going to do it. Maybe you move on from Campbell and look to the draft again.
1: The money says that they cannot move on from Devondre Campbell. And if Devondre Campbell is almost 30. What? He's on the back side of his career. All right. Those are things we can talk about down the road. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap this one up. All right. Thanks for listening to episode 111 of the average she's podcast, the red Dud episode. Go pack. Go, go pack. Go.